0: Well, it was interesting okay. when like Bronco got hired because it was like. Um,
1: right, hold on, wait, wait, wait. We haven't actually started the show. You can't be like getting into real show stuff. Well, I can't. Yeah, say I, was, to, no, yeah I was no, I was just true. gonna
0: say it was interesting then because like it did kind of break like five minutes before they released that's it. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah.
1: Welcome everyone. To the catscorner.com podcast, CavsCorner.com, your source for G-Sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of capscornercom It's uh it's a Thursday, guys. It's a it's it's a Thursday and we're back and that must mean some <laughs> stuff has happened. And boy has some stuff happened. Um we have only in my uh, if, if somebody's going to correct me if I'm wrong here. I believe we've only done one Just emergency one. pod, right? Um I promise you this one is much more earned um than than given. I uh, like what I did there. Uh obviously the 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 shocking news, oh man, I'm going to break into the thing from SNL. I'm I'm not I'm sorry. I'm 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 punchy. Um sho- I mean it's a shock, right? That that Bronco Mennhol has decided to step down as coach at UVA. Um we're going to get into what all that means for Bronco specifically. We we we're going to start with the program. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First up in uh, Fishersville, David Spence is on the show. Dave, you, you threw out a challenge and Bronco was like, Yep, got it. Uh how are you? Yeah.
2: Doing? Yeah, I guess I'd like to win the lottery. That'd be great. no no. No, uh crazy day. It's been an insane what, three hours now. Um I had a I had to go see a house in the middle of all of this. So yeah, um, I'd feel like I'm not gonna sleep for like two days. Um, but yeah, um my first emergency podcast, by the way. Who is on the board at who on Twitter?
1: And uh, up in Arlington, staff writer Justin Ferber is also on the program. They don't typically hold team meetings to to, to talk about randomness, do they, Ferber?
0: No, they they usually don't. Um, usually it's, here's your new coach, or I'm leaving, or whatever. But, yep, it was definitely that one today. So, I had Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter, but I just told you that a few hours ago. You <laughs> yes, is,
1: yeah. Um, Cast Corner also on Twitter, Cavs underscore Corner, great place for the in-game updates, the content items, and hey, uh, live updates from Broncos farewell presser of sorts. Uh, Damon is 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 working uh, as as one does, and is going to jump on here in a little bit, and he will uh no doubt be as shocked as the rest of us. Listen, when we we recorded that pod last night, uh, I if you had told me then, hey, y'all are going to be back here in 24 hours. Talking about Bronco Mendenhall stepping down as coach EVA. I, I I genuinely, I don't know what reaction I would have had, but I definitely would not have thought it was real life. Um, I, I Of all the things that I thought was going to happen today, that just wasn't on the list. Um, now, I think we're, we're going to have what I'm going to call an honest conversation where we leave some things out. Okay? And the reason that I'm saying it that way is, is that I don't think it's in our best interest nor in yours for us to just start, like, wildly speculating about literally any human on Earth becoming the, the coach at UVA. We're going to have a conversation about – because you have to, right? When a coach steps down, who's going to fill the void, right? We're going to have a conversation about like, what things make sense. But we're not going to get into, like, oh, well, it should be X and this is y. Um, I I understand that there's a real – you know, a real push from fans right now because coaching searches have a way to do this. There's a lot of names that are going to be thrown out. We're going to have a hot board. That makes total sense. But for the purpose of this specific podcast, we're not going to get into like, I think it's going to be X and here's why. Uh, We're not going to just throw anything we can at the wall. We're going to have an honest conversation about what happened here, about Broncos' tenure, about what it means for the university, and then what obviously comes next. Um, I kind of want to start with like just a general reaction. Um, I, I know Dave, you 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 tweeted a little while ago, basically to 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 thank Bronco uh, mm-hmm. for his time. Uh, I'm sure that he really appreciated that tweet. Yeah, he um, he got back he, to me. <laughs> he, he hit him on his on his burner phone. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I just was curious. Let's start with you. Uh, what's you, you know we we had a very you know speaking of honest conversations. I think we all three uh, and four of us really were really honest last night about you know what you know, what we thought and how we felt and what seemed like, you know, significant issues, you're 24 hours removed from that. And now you're three hours Mm -hmm. from hearing Bronco talk about, you know, in in an emotional detail, how, you know, how he did, why he decided to step away. How are you feeling right now?
2: I mean, I'm still kind of shell shocked. Um, I mean, look, we were pretty pointed and and direct last night me, especially, uh, you know, about some changes I wanted to see because I, you know, because of what I thought, yeah, earned, not given kind of meant like where their culture was, you know, the the defensive staff wasn't performing and nowhere in that, you know, was it an indictment on Bronco himself and what he's done, um, to kind of identify weaknesses in our, in the football, um, you know, football operations foundation, um, facilities, all that stuff, um, and establishing a culture that, that kind of does mirror what uva is about right the and culture like that fits uva none of that was in you know in question it was honestly it was the opposite it was the defense wasn't living up to what he's established right so i wasn't expecting him to step down but at the same time like justin mentioned it last night i believe it was on the podcast we talked a long time last night um on and off air but like him walking out like that, like, I don't think any of us were surprised. Like we all felt that would happen. He's a different dude. And the game has changed so much. Like they got much, the game has changed since the end of the season. I mean, you got Notre Dame's coach leaving to take a job at LSU. Um, like I think 200, I just read before we went on, went, went live, like 284 you know, FBS players in the portal since Monday morning, Um And, you know, the NIL stuff is big, like, look, and it's a lot, you know, in in COVID. So there's that crazy COVID season they have to deal with. So there's a lot of stress on a coach. And then the stresses are compounding and compounding. So a guy like Bronco, who is kind of a, you know, intellectual guy who, who does like make, you know, he does more than a typical football coach does, right? Like he's, his goal isn't just winning games. It's, it's creating better men that win football games. And just taxing on him. So ultimately, it's not a crazy idea that he would do what he did today. But I'm kind of shell-shocked of the timing and how it, and how it happened.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's that definitely makes sense to me. I mean, you know, I I, I said something on Twitter earlier uh, or shortly after the presser that, you know, I used to make this joke about the Bronco rule, you know, the 10% chance that, you know, it, anything could happen because the dude is just kind of a different kind of guy. And, you know, it, it really it, – I mean, like, that's really what happened, right? I mean, he just decided – in this moment. Now, I think it's fair to say there was a lot going on these last couple of days um, in terms of the program and in terms of moving forward. It wasn't just like he was out on recruiting visits and was just thinking. Um, but I think it's suffice to say that, you know, Broncos probably one of the rare guys who you could see making this decision the way he made it, which was he got into it. He decided, you know what? I'm going to be honest with myself and say, you know, what? this isn't what I want right now. Like, this is not. And, and, and honestly, he did UVA a favor. In a way right like if he makes this decision in a month or two it's really bad right he did UVA a favor to go ahead and make the decision when he did um, even though obviously some of the coaching positions have been filled you know the carousel still spinning then there's time like this is sort of the natural time that you would fill up a, 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 an open position Ferber, it, obviously this is a big shock to, to all of us and certainly it, it, it's a program defining moment um, how what are, what are your thoughts how, how are you feeling right now how shell-shocked are you
0: yeah i mean i think you guys both already brought up some pretty good points like i think with bronco in particular we were always like destined to be shocked which is like kind of a weird thing to say but like you can't predict when you're going to be surprised (laughs) um or it wouldn't be a surprise right so i think you know you think about the way he came here right nobody had that on the radar including people out there people here nobody um And according to him, I remember in his press conference, either when he left BYU or when he came out here, I can't remember. He said that he decided to sign the contract at like 3 PM and then met with his team like an hour later and then they announced it. So like he's, it's not like this is the first time he's done something like this. I think a lot of the things that we said on the show last night and kind of talked about amongst ourselves before. And, you know, we had a nice long conversation after we finished recording. Um, I, you know, it seemed like he was kind of worn down. Like it didn't feel like the same sort of vibe. It didn't feel like there were, the program was as much fun um, as it had been. Like, I didn't see as much excitement around what was going on. And it's pretty clear that he, we weren't imagining a lot of, we weren't imagining clearly felt something. And he says that, you know, he thought about it on Sunday and whatever. Um, it's pretty obvious that like he hadn't, I don't think he decided to quit until today. Um, just based on the fact that he was out recruiting and different things we've heard. So um, it was clearly like weighing on him, but he finally came to a decision. And once you do this, you know, there's no going back from it really. So big decision, obviously. And and let's be honest, like, it's not a big deal to him. I don't think he's somebody who's like a super materialistic person, but he's leaving millions of dollars on the table. So it's not like a, a small decision. Uh, you mentioned him kind of doing UVA a favor in terms of the timing I think yes, in terms of when it fell in the year, no, in terms of the year itself um, considering that's how many other jobs job. are open yeah. and, and the competition and whatever um, kind of weird that like <laughs> coaching searches don't happen that often, period. And UVA and tech have both now had their coaches leaving the same off season twice in a row, um, which is weird. Um, so I think that, the, you know, that's not the best time. This isn't the best year to be looking for a coach. And then you have all the COVID stuff that kind of factors in, with budgets and so on. But the fact that he resigned means that UVA doesn't have to pay him a buyout, um, which would have, I mean, Justin Fuente got paid $8.75 million. So, I mean, that certainly should help the athletic department go out and pay whatever they need to pay to the coach that they want. So yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, I obviously shocking. Um, It it felt like something was a little off this afternoon. I certainly, this was like as nuclear as God did it ever. (laughs) Yeah. And this, I mean, obviously you think about like, what could these things mean? Like, you know, you're hearing about like teams meeting and different things and, but it's like, you know, you don't, you don't jump to, he's quitting, but there's only so many different things that could be that would actually move the needle this much. And, you know, that's just where it is, but you know, it's going to take some time for all of us to process, like what his time here meant, like what, how we, how we're going to view it, what it means for the next guy Uh, and then all that. And then obviously now, you know, we reset with a new coach. So it's certainly a weird situation considering we were just recording 24 hours ago.
1: Yeah. It was a different world in a variety of ways. Right. And what I find super interesting is when you start thinking about sort of like, you know, you mentioned the juxtaposition between like the way he came and then obviously the way he's going out. Um, it's, I think it's, it's impossible not to look at as today's points, um, it's impossible not to look at the program and and kind of see where he brought it from. Obviously, the Orange Bowl and the Coastal Division Championship. And um, there's a lot there. Um, But realistically, his job, if you think about it, in the grand scheme of UVA football, and I think if we're all honest with ourselves, you know, Bronco always felt like a guy who was going to be there for a few years and then he would go on to something different. Now, not necessarily because of anything outside of football, right outside of football (laughs) or at least out, or maybe not just, you know, not college football. I mean, the man has talked You know constantly it seems like About how you know the game Is different now and how You know he you know what he's really focused on It's not quite you know the same As it was for him I mean some of this writing has been a little Bit on the wall if you've been looking for it Um, That being said I, I think It's fair to say that When we look back on Bronco's tenure it's it's the steadying Of things now it feels very Tumultuous at the moment right And that's okay it's always the darkest right before the dawn is the, is the whole, you know, the cliche. But the re, the reality is is that, like, where he brought it from to where he's leaving it, like, he's shown you can win a Coastal Championship at UVA. The Coastal Division is, is in and of itself wide open. There's plenty of, if you're a coach, you look at it and you say, well, you know what, that's a division you can win. Now, granted, there's a lot more that goes into that, and it's not like people are just clamoring to coach in the Coastal. I'm just saying that, like, in terms of, where you know where he was before you know where the program was before he came i, I don't think many people would have thought that virginia could realistically do it um, you know i mean it, they, because of where things were and because of sort of the tatters that he inherited he put it back together he got it to a place of you know some stability certainly there are questions that were going to have to be answered in the off season and i think he was in the process of answering these questions when it became apparent to him that this wasn't what he wanted to do anymore um, to Ferber's point, that's a really good point about, you know, that this was not the season that you wanted to hire a coach, um, simply because of the number of jobs out there. Uh, if you were going to do it, maybe you want to try to get on the front end. Um, that doesn't seem to have helped everybody. Um, but I think as you look at the sort of the, the, the path forward, it certainly feels like Virginia's in a spot now because of not having to pay the buyout, it certainly feels like, you know, this isn't, this is a huge moment, Right. And maybe there are some resources that they can actually put towards it. This is, I mean, the pressure that Carla Williams is under to, to get this right um, is this is her her
2: defining moment.
1: I, it really yeah, is. I mean, it is. You know, and it um, better
0: be better than the women's basketball. I
2: yeah, because yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I, I mean, I think you know when you think about sort of the and and let's talk a little bit about sort of um, the the big picture as it as it pertains to what Virginia needs. You know, I think that in hindsight, if we're going to do, you know, almost like an exit sort of interview, like an evaluation, so sort to of speak, right? I think it's fair to say that the first time a really successful coach came into Virginia's program to sort of right the ship, it took a long time for recruiting to catch up. And you could make an argument that recruiting really never did catch up. So I think the recruiting piece of it, the Jimmys and Joes of it all, That has to be as important in this hire as it's ever been. Now, I'm not saying that you go out there and you just get some ace recruiter and you hand them the keys to the to the castle, but I think that you can't bring in a guy who you don't know for a fact can recruit. I think that has to be at the top of the list of the wants. Um to the point where it's it's a need, right? Virginia needs a guy who can through his own, you know, through his own charisma, through, you know, through the through his own um you know, personality, as we talked about a little bit last night, like, you know, Bronco's a different kind of guy. He doesn't come, you know, some of the kids will talk to you about, you know, oh, he, you know, he's actually really interesting once you get to know him and stuff. You need a guy who people just want to know, right? There's no, like, getting to know them. They're just, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it just kind of jumps off the screen at you. What do we feel like the top, the most important pieces are? For me, I think the the personality and the recruiting piece is paramount to everything else. I'm not saying, again, that you go out and get, like, a failed guy just because he can recruit, but I think that what this program desperately needs. And this you know you want to get into the chicken and egg of it all. Does the program need to win in order to raise the money for the facilities that they need in order to win more? Or right? Do you need the facilities first? I think for this program they're going to have to put some scraps together on the field and really show it for folks to really be invested in it. Now, a personality at that position who can recruit and who can also, you know, do well with donors. I think that's paramount. What do you guys think? Dave, let's go to you. What's your what's your top quality or top thing you're looking for in this whole deal?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you you hit it. Um, it's a weird time, right? Like if this was if Bronco had been underperforming and you'd been kind of planning for this, I think, you know, the fan base would be okay with whatever happened, right? Like you, you know, if this had been like go, let's go to Fuente, if it had been a similar situation like that with Bronco, then you can start Floating names and seeing how the big wigs feel about it, right? But now this is kind of dropped in your lap. Yeah, so to me, I'm ready for it. Yeah. So to me, like, given what the disconnect was, looking at the stands being empty, the problems raising money. I mean, I hate to say this because it might bite me in the butt two years from now, but it feels like engaging the fan base instantly may be as important as winning games next year. I agree with you. Um, now that might bite you in the butt when you two and 10, whatever it might be, you know, worst case, <laughs> yeah. you know, in but you know, I think you've almost got to lean, like you still got to look football, right? You still got to look football and possible success. Like that's what you're hiring, but you've got to weigh it with instant. Like you need someone to say, Hey, I'm ready to write a check. Cause I'm excited right now or I'm ready to buy a season ticket because I'm excited again. Can
1: I just tell um, you real quick, Dave? I have already yeah. had one person tell me that if if a certain former all-American is the head coach that they will write a, you know,
2: a six-figure check. Oh, I have no doubt that conversation's had because look, you know, there there was some weirds, you know, there's some stuff going on since Saturday. And, you know, some smoke out there, so and obviously some people really interested in getting this thing back on, getting getting engaged and and being excited again. And this is no slight to Bronco. It's just, it's where, you know, it's kind of where things are. Um, It just feels like to me, Virginia football is at a place where the fans need to be as excited about who the coach is as how good the coach is. And that's a terrible thing to say right now, but I think that's where they are. If you can do both perfection, but it's gotta be someone that, that makes donors happy.
1: Um, real quick, because now Damon has joined the chat. Damon has logged in. Damon, welcome to the show. How's it going, man? How's your How's your Thursday? You raking those leaves? You were having a good one, weren't you? How's
0: I'm your three-legged cat? Uh,
1: <laughs> he's in disbelief over this whole uh, situation. This whole Bronco situation. Uh, Damon, I think... He really a good shout-out right. at
0: the end of the, the, end of the Zoom, though.
1: Uh, Bronco... Uh, I mean, Damon was really out there raking his leaves, and then all this stuff just popped off. Um, yeah, I
3: got back in the house, like, I don't know, five minutes before this all came down the chute so yeah it uh, it escalated quickly
1: yeah um so a- as we look forward Ferber, what's your what's your top priority in terms of a the next coach like what's the thing that matters most in your opinion uh, for the program
0: yeah um man that's tough i think i was thinking about something that dave said last night and that is that you know if you think that uva is going to be like in the playoff or that they're going to be able to just you know roll in a bunch of four- and five-star guys, you're going to be disappointed. They have to get, like, sort of, I don't want to say creative in how they win games, but you have to find advantages. There's different ways you can find advantages. You can find guys that are really good at developing players. You can find guys that are super good recruiters, even if at at a UVA level, and maybe they get you some guys that you wouldn't otherwise get. Um, Guys that are good at finding, you know, under-the-radar guys, which I think this previous staff now was, was pretty good at it. I want somebody who is um, a detail-oriented coach that can come in and build on a culture that's already pretty good in terms of like you have guys that are are doing the work off the field that they need to be doing and like you have the support in place um, for the football program itself. I think I want somebody that can come in and elevate that. And I think that happens. I, I This is kind of um, my... Uh, devil's advocate approach to hiring somebody that is a recruiter first or a relationship person first. Um, and especially for, I mean, there's going to be a lot of candidates who have never been a head coach. I don't think you can't, it doesn't mean you can't hire them, but I think there is one issue with that. And that's that we're just coming off of a, a game and a couple weekends here where like we've talked so much about like the little things that matter and how does a coach not like jump in and fix those things? Or like, how do you let those things happen? Broncos obviously been around for like 15 years, so experience isn't necessarily the remedy always, but I would rather have somebody that it's going to be like super laser focused on that stuff and figuring out advantages, ways to make this team better um, during the week in the off season on Saturdays, um, because I think UVA has inherent disadvantages, um, just like a lot of other programs do. It's not like a shot at the athletic department or anything, but, um, but I think I think I would prioritize trying to find somebody who can come in and um, has good schemes and a good vision for like how he wants his team to look on the field and a good supports a good staff around him regardless of who that person is.
1: I think in the big scheme of things, you know the the TikTok of the last few days will will undoubtedly be the topic of conversation among a lot of folks. And I think what I'm comfortable with us saying publicly is that there were. Changes discussed, and certainly there were maybe uh, I think it's safe to say changes that were being implemented when Bronco decided to step back. I- I'm curious what this means for you know the existing staff. Um, you know, those coaches obviously moved a you know a country away from where everything they knew. Um, you know, I I hesitate to say that you know, that nobody is going to, you know, hire them all together, right? I mean, there's no, you know, unless one of these guys gets a job and they all decide to go to that city. Um, so there's a fragmentation here. It's a breakup of a family, so to speak, right? And I think that we can't lose sight of, you know, how tough that is and probably was and will continue to be, not just for Bronco, but obviously for for all of the families involved. And I don't want to just gloss over that And when we start talking about new coaches and such. I think it's fair to say that from a football standpoint, there are more attractive options uh, on the existing staff maybe than others. There are guys who you sort of naturally think, oh, yeah, you'd want to hang on to him or oh, maybe maybe this maybe this is a spot where you look for somebody from the outside. Um, I don't really want to get into because I don't know if it's fair, especially the day that they all find out this you know life altering news. i don't I mean, I'm not saying they're all like listening to the podcast and Whatnot? I just you know, like I said last night, I'm not real big into like calling for people to be fired, so it's a sort of an extension of that. Um, but I think when you look forward, one of the things that I think is evident is that there are going to be some coaches from this staff that fans, especially and donors, you know, are going to want to keep. Would be very interested in keeping um, whoever the next coach is, depending on that that person's um, you know experience level, sort of where they're coming from, the people around them, you know, how the staff might look it certainly makes sense that you'd want somebody with some connections if if not specifically to UVA but especially to Virginia itself i think um you know you're you know 2 weeks from signing day roughly right um you know you're you're talking about you you know there's a lot that has to happen in a very short amount of time so when we talk about the pressure on carla you know the 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 the, not just a, you got to get this right because this is a, you know a defining moment, but also too like you got to get it done quick, and you don't have a lot of you didn't get any a whole lot of runway. Damon, as you're as you're processing and marinating on this whole thing, what's what's standing out to you tonight? Is it tonight? Is it the shock of it all? Is it the recruit reaction, which continues to roll in? Uh, what are your what are your thoughts and feelings now that the the presser's over, and the 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 future is starting to arrive?
3: Yeah, I think. I don't know. I'm shocked that it came down the way it did today, the timing of it all. There always seemed to be a certain degree of inevitability about this, and I don't know if I conveyed this all that well last night, but just I I remember talking about it last night, and Bronco alluded to it without coming out and and saying it today on Zoom that, that he just was tired. Like he was out of gas. He kept the analogy he kept making was you're climbing the mountain and you got to step into the halfway camp and and thaw out and recharge and get something to eat and kind of catch your breath a little bit. And and you, you could kind of see that on him physically. And and he had confided in people privately that that he, you know, he was looking forward to life outside of football. And. And those thoughts were already in his head. So this kind of felt inevitable. I just didn't think it was coming today or this year. I kind of expected like maybe, I don't know, in two, three years, when was his contract up? I can't remember anymore. But whenever that was, maybe he retires. And, and hopefully there was some sort of succession plan in place where he had somebody lined up to take over the reins. And, and you know, things were in a good spot maybe they had made enough, raised enough money to, to construct the, uh the football center. Um, But yeah, so I, I think what surprises me most is the timing of this and the abruptness of it. Um I, yeah, I, that, that kind of is what had me reeling, but, but as, as you move forward now, just the fallout of this is fascinating. This is just, and again, I apologize if you guys talked about all this before I got on here, but, the fallout of this is fascinating it's the, this is a this is a really difficult year to be looking for a head coach i i had been thinking as virginia tech and some of the other schools were going through their coaching searches and waiting for the dominoes above them to fall the the oklahoma well not the, the uscs and the lsus and and the floridas and those big time programs when you're a notch below those programs, you're waiting to see how that all kind of falls, unfolds, and falls out. It, it's difficult, and I remember thinking it's a good thing Broncos in place and UVA doesn't have to contend with all of that this year. And lo and behold, here we are abruptly on a Thursday evening. Uh, it's so yeah, it's 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 really fascinating, and and so many of the names that have been thrown. You can basically go back and look at a lot of the names that were thrown around for the tech job and and on the surface those are probably a lot of the same names that are going to get thrown around for the UVA job but as we all experienced last time UVA is just different and and they're probably looking for somebody different and and i i mean obviously that was a different regime that was John Oliver and Craig Littlepage and this will be our first sense of how Carla conducts a coaching search of this magnitude um So it's yeah, this is just going to be fascinating to me moving forward, how this kind of all unfolds and what kind of pivots they make. How many of the current assistants do they maybe try to retain? Where do some of those guys wind up who don't stick around? That's another fascinating aspect of this to me is just, yeah, this 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 is this is really abrupt. And it was abrupt for them, too. Bronco said he didn't tell them until. Uh, 15 minutes before he told the team he didn't let anybody on that this might have been coming. And these are his best friends. These are the guys who moved across the country uh, to follow him here. So, I don't know. It's <clears throat> My head is clearly spinning a little bit. I'm choking. <laughs> yeah. I need some water now.
2: <laughs> you know, well, one thing that's crazy for me, Brad, <coughs> you can answer this question because I'm kind of directing you guys. Because, you know, I got some texts like about and, – and Damon said it too, and I don't know if you're wrong. I'm just going to play devil's advocate. Is the timing really bad for Virginia? Like, I don't know that Virginia would have filled their job if if they'd have had it open in a normal, you know, if let's say they let them go two weeks ago and we're trying to fill it in this market, I don't know that it would be any different than it coming open today. Like, you know, so, and I, I think don't what you're know saying is big, you but, don't
0: think any of the names would be off the board, which no, I no, think I mean, is actually true.
2: Yeah. And yeah. If, that's if anything, probably like, true. Yeah. Yeah. You're just you're coming in a little later. Maybe some guys have signed extensions that you would have looked at because that has happened. Um, yeah, but I don't think ultimately it changes a whole lot, just because we kind of are where we are right now, and 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 the landscape's changing too. And then if if this had happened next year, even with some warning, maybe you can get started. But look, TV contracts go up, NIL gets bigger. Like I don't know that next year is better either. Like I don't know if there's ever a good time for a school like Virginia to be looking for a head coach. Um, and you know, you know, Duke's got an opening. There, there are some other ones. Um, so, so, yeah, I, mean, I, I get what you guys are saying. I I don't know that that's a huge thing for me. Um, certainly, it affects the recruiting class, which signs in two weeks. But you know, <laughs> I don't necessarily,
3: it, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I think it's just one of the many fascinating things. Intriguing. Oh yes, thing. yeah, it's definitely fascinating. Well, yeah. about yeah. it.
1: Let me think. Like, let's take this approach, right? Which is. What was going to happen? Let's say Bronco stays. Let's say he makes some changes to his staff, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Okay? And then next year, you know, depending on, you know, who stays and who goes and whatever, what would the fan reaction be like? Now, if Armstrong comes back and the, the band's back together on offense and the defense gets better, okay, maybe I can see him growing some, some momentum through the season and, you know, maybe they're pretty good and whatnot. But I, I think it's fair to say that after Saturday's game, and much to, you know, we talked about this, and I think if anybody who listened to that podcast understood, like, there was a lot of passion and a lot of, like, you know, genuine emotion coming uh, in in our words and such, right? It, what was the fan base really going to do, right? You have an opportunity now, because of the way this happened, and certainly because of the unexpected nature of it, you have a chance to pull in some people that maybe you were, if you hadn't already lost for good or for, you know, at least for a significant amount of time, you have a chance to really pull them back and maybe bring some other folks with them. Um, depending on who the coach is, depending on what the connections are, depending on what it looks like, um, you know, you have a chance, to Dave's point earlier, about engaging the fan base. Like, realistically, Virginia was probably going to be in a really rough spot coming off of that loss and the way this season went, going into the offseason. Now, granted, there have been some changes. I mean, I'll, I'll just say it, that uh, I have on pretty good authority that Anthony Poindexter was offered the defensive coordinator's job, and I have it on pretty good authority that that seemed to be Uh, Going in that direction uh, Let's just say until some things changed last night But the reality is Is that you know and that's a name That's going to get a lot of traction and certainly we'll have Plenty of time um, to discuss All of that because lord knows we're going to do A podcast tomorrow or something Um, I just feel like Timing yes in terms of The big picture with the coaches Out there and such yeah maybe it was rough But for this program like maybe This was the right time um, you know, it certainly is a, there's a lot of upheaval and there's certainly a lot of unknowns, but in terms of like the thing going forward, maybe they're able to get some folks that they otherwise wouldn't have gotten for, what do you think or not? Sorry, oh. I couldn't get off the mute button. I was too <laughs> that, busy that reading. Button.
0: I was too busy reading Dave's tweets at Anthony Johnson. Um, that was a good one, by the way, Dave, I agree. Um, but yeah, like. It, it UVA is in a unique situation. We talked about this last night, right? Like I certainly didn't anticipate to be talking about it in this context today, but you know, what, what does this job look like to the outside world? Now, I can't imagine that Broncos tenure at UVA makes it a worse job. I mean, a lot of people probably look at the roster and they say like, Hey, they got a lot of good pieces and you know, it's, you got potential to come right in and win. we talked about the schedule for next year, last night, it's workable. Um, I think that whoever it is, like, you know, that there's some definitely some good things. A uh, Bronco was obviously very attracted to this job because of the academic, um, element, you know, in the school and, and what that kind of set them apart, made it an interesting challenge. I don't know if every coach is going to see it that way. You know, um, some coaches might not care one way or the other. Uh, some might see it as a challenge, the facilities, you know, as, as bad as they are or whatever, um, if you can convince this person that you're going to, you know, you have a plan in place and you're going to get it done, maybe that helps. Maybe it doesn't, um, you know, with the state of the Coastal. I mean, I think a lot of people might look at the Coastal and say, hey, you know, it might not be like the best division, but that makes it easier to win. Um, you know, you can come in. It looks like it's kind of wide open next year um, and, and do some stuff. You're going to have at least what two new two other new coaches in the division next year um and a lot of quarterbacks are leaving so I mean I think it's there's potential to come in and win um it's really gonna come down to like uh it, you know if, if you' if you're gonna go after coaches who um, maybe we're in the mix for other jobs why UVA and not those other jobs right so like I think that's the one thing I will say about candidates um I think it, there are some big coaches out there that um thrown around for other jobs and ultimately didn't take them for whatever reason or didn't get them i think you can probably forget about most of those names just because if they didn't take some of these other jobs that you know have better resources infrastructure whatever i don't really know that uva is going to be able to sway them to take this job um if that makes sense so i think it'll be you know they'll have to go out and scour and um it's sort of an interesting list of coaches this year in the market so uh, it could be somebody completely out of left field. It could be the obvious name, um, Poindexter. So, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see what happens, but where UVA fits in the college football landscape um, is pretty much where they were when they hired Bronco. It's just, uh, you know, different based on like what jobs are open and, you know, what people want to do and, you know, where at like conference championship games and stuff. Some coaches, you know, might be more focused on that. It's just, you know, it's an interesting situation, but I do think that nobody that has really been hired to this point, um, besides maybe like one or two guys uh, would have really been in the mix here anyway. So it's not like there's no coaches to choose from. It's just, it's not, it, you know, you have to go out and try to make this work without all the leg work that could have been done before, you know, like when they hired Bronco, um, they had a search committee in place, like well ahead of that. So yeah. I mean, it, this is going to be different for sure.
1: Um, all right. I, I think that the other thing I want to talk about before we get, you know, too long in the tooth here is um, sort of the, you know, there's a there's a natural clock on this. Right. I mean, as soon as possible, because of when signing day is uh, because of, you know, a, a host of factors. You know, the right coach, you could get them in there and you could, you know, there are a handful of kids who might be committed elsewhere that you might be able to actually swing. Um, You know, there's a there's not just you're not just trying to hold on to the kids you got. You're trying to maybe, you know, poach some kids that might be excited about potential changes. Um, Now, that being said, there's a lot that has to happen in a short amount of time. And Carla Williams has to get a lot of work done real quick. And I'm curious what we are thinking in terms of time frames. Um, Dave, what's your best? What's your best guess? As to like if if you had to if you had Sorry. to peg it how how long do you think it'll take?
2: I mean, it's going to be hard pressed to get someone in before signing day, um, unless they're. I mean, Carla. Like, I, I assume every AD has a short list they start calling, but I think that calculus probably changed a little bit with, you know, if, if there truly was some pressure to 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 bring some people home, I think that could change that calculus, right? Um, so I don't know. Like, you've got to try to get someone before signing day. But at the same time, like, I don't think you rush it just for that. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I- I'm trying to think. So we knew. I think the Broncos got announced on, like, f- December 5th or something, didn't he? It's like a Friday. It First was the week. It was one.
0: It was a, Br- Mike was officially fired on a Sunday, and Bronco was announced on that Friday.
2: Yes, it took okay. a week.
0: Yeah, so yeah. like a little less than
2: a week. But they knew, you know, they knew they were letting Mike go at that point, so they had. It calm, felt like so. a month. Yeah, it did. It did. But yeah, yeah. I mean, coaching searches didn't so drag. It's funny, Bronco kind of came in how he went out. Like we all got that weird, like, "Hey, announcement's coming at five o'clock on a Friday, um, or whatever time it was." It was yeah, I was, and no know, one what's knew. Funny is,
0: I was looking at it and was like, "Well, they're not like firing anybody right now because, or they're not announcing that because it's not the Friday news dump; it's Thursday." <laughs> but <Right. I> guess <laughs> it didn't matter.
2: Yeah, so I mean, I don't. Because here's my Tommy, thing. I think it'll, I think
1: it'll ha- I think it'll be faster than that. I think realistically, if we're, I think it'll be a week or so. A, I, I was gonna say a week is, is. I mean, if it makes it to next weekend, I'll be shocked, like genuinely shocked. Um, it I just, it just
2: depends on like when the actual timing happened. Like if Carla got a hit yesterday, this was coming and got twenty four hours work. Twenty four hours is a big deal when you're talking ten days till Sonic deck, right? Well,
1: we know they were already talking to Dex about the defensive coordinator job. And I think it's safe safe to say that that Penn State upped its offer and made it more attractive to him. Um, I I think that it's clear that they were in in short order were making some moves, and you know there were definitely some coaches who were not going to be back. And I I would imagine that whatever her short list is, um, you know she's got multiple people. I would imagine working on this. She's got some folks vetting. She's got some folks you know doing some back channel communicating, trying to figure out who might be interested. Um, the right hire here, even if it's not necessarily one that immediately wins a bunch of games, could be. I mean, look, you're not just talking about trying to hire a coach who's going to win games. You need a coach who's going to not just engage the fan base. You need him to engage donors, and I think you need to do that. You 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 need you, the 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 person who's going to do that is is going to be somebody I think that you're going to be able to find. Right? There's a handful of names. Just based off of your UVA connections, that makes sense. Now, I'm not saying that you know they got to take the tech route and find somebody who has direct lineage. Um, you know, somebody like Poindexter—is he ready to be a head coach? I mean, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot there, right? Um, do you do you pair him with an associate head coach who has a lot of experience? There's a lot of different ways to skin this cat. But the bottom I've never line tried is that, that one before. <laughs> the bottom line is that the cat needs to get skinned quick whatever you come up with, it has to happen fast. And so literally, you know, whatever her week was like, it's now not that anymore. Right. And so obviously this is going to, this is going to be happening in in pretty short order. Um, I think you
0: can get it done pretty quick just because most of the, one of the big holdups is it's hard to talk to coaches and get stuff done while they're coaching. Um, Right now. I mean, how many coaches are coaching right now? Not very many. So most of them, you can get them. If you need to talk to them, if you want to find out if they're available, if you want to talk about if they're interested, you can do that. Now with Zoom, things happen a lot faster. Um, I mean, you think, like, LSU was open for a long time, but they got Brian Kelly as soon as Brian Kelly's season was over. Like, I think this week you can you can get a lot of people, you know, on Zoom and then do whatever you got to do. Um, so I don't think it'll drag on too long. But, yeah, I mean, it just depends on how – why they want to cast the net and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I don't think, I don't think it'll take too long.
2: And Brian Kelly, he might not have gotten comfortable in LSU yet. (laughs) (laughs) I I also think
1: that folks need to be realistic.
2: You think (laughs) he's available?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, one, I mean, I forget who mentioned it about Bronco because he retired or because he leaves or steps down, however you want to frame it. Um, You know, he does save them some money and that money is going to be very important now because it's going to be, you know, a sig- that's a significant piece of the puzzle. Um, now, I mean, I, I feel like last night it's almost like I feel kind of bad because I feel like we were really hard on the guy, and certainly we we were in the you know nobody you know but nobody's held him accountable, and it kind of feels like he decided to hold himself accountable in a way. It was almost like he he came to the conclusion that if I can't do this at the at the level I need to do it, then I shouldn't be doing it, and. Um, I mean I look that takes a lot of that takes a lot of guts. I mean to Ferber's point earlier, he's leaving a lot of money on the table to do it like this. And he could not have been I think it's
0: a I think it's a move that shows he has a lot of integrity. Like yeah. he's not and gonna he just ride it out, collect checks, you know. Yeah.
1: And he and and look, he he very well may take two, three years off and then pop back up and and coach. Kinda seemed else. like
0: that's what he wants to do. Um I mean that's certainly yeah, yeah it
1: feels like that's what he wants to do. And maybe I, I think, think it would be been,
0: like, in like a different situation though. It'll be like yeah. a lower level job or maybe yeah. like as a defensive coordinator or something.
1: Yeah. Um well, I don't know. I don't know if I can ever see Bronco taking orders or whatever from somebody. Yeah, there. that's true. Um be yeah. so, like BYU, man. <laughs> uh I mean, yeah, I mean, heck, he could be somebody, you know, he, he's very clear about, you know, his his what it what it whatever the letters were. HB3 or whatever. Uh, his, Holly, right. Bronco and the three boys. Yeah. So I, I think the way I want to wrap this up tonight is I wanna have almost like a not necessarily a retrospective, so to speak, but I kind of just think it's it's worth talking about. Um, How we're going to remember him um, You know I, I think Bronco was probably One of the least accessible For media people at least uh, Coaches and yet I felt like he was as genuine As, as a coach I've ever covered Right and His personality was such that he doesn't He's not a rah rah bubbly guy But what he says And then what he doesn't say Are typically very telling Like he's not a blow smoke up your butt kind of person And I always appreciated that about him. And I think one of the things that I'm going to miss about Bronco being at the head of the program, you know, is that he did seem to, you know, like I mentioned last night, when when he would talk, it just made a lot of sense to me. And I'm not saying that the next coach won't talk and it make a lot of sense to me. But Bronco just had this really rare ability to sort of explain his thought process in a way that made you think that you thought that too. And I think that that's a very individual sort of skill. And, um, certainly the, the, the orange bowl season and everything that came with it, um, the, you know, in the coastal and all that stuff. Um, you know, there's a lot to, there's a lot there and it, it does feel in a way to me, at least like it's, um, like a mission unfulfilled, right. There's still, you know, because it's only been six years and that's really not a lot. And one of those years was a COVID year. One of those years was a restart year. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a bad taste in your mouth because of the way this season ended, you know, it's crazy to think like if, if Robert and I retires that his next to last play call was that terrible play uh, it, it, during, you know, probably
0: the biggest. Well, they'll get the bowl career. game.
1: Well, that's fair. OK, that's a good point. My yeah. bad. A good point. Uh, I guess maybe I mean like before, you know,
0: I thought this I had the same thing. I was like, man, they walked off a of God on that one. And then I was like, actually, he gets a whole nother game.
1: <laughs> what do you Give me give me some some I don't want to say final thoughts because there is a bowl game. But, you know, give me a little bit of retrospective on the Bronco era
0: yeah I think the easiest thing to say about what he did is he raised the floor like he um took their consistent four and eight and turned it into a consistent six and six seven and five whatever um you know in the years that preceded him UVA missed a bowl what was it like seven out of eight years or something like that I can't remember the exact number um and in you know, the last five seasons, they've been bowl eligible. They've gone to, I think, whatever they end up in this year um, will probably be their – was that their fourth under Bronco? One, two. Yeah. So they won the Coastal. Um, they probably should have won it twice, uh, whether that was this year or in 2018 when things kind of broke against them. Um, you know, I, I the, the one of the things that will stick with me is the quarterback play. Um, that's not a given, you know, you look around the country, not everybody has guys throwing for 400 yards a game. They really hit on all their quarterbacks. Um, Perkins was a guy that was not really being offered by many schools. They went and got him. Brandon Armstrong, you know, obviously a good fit for what they wanted to do. They groomed him. He became very good. Even Bankert was a good find in the transfer portal when the transfer portal wasn't as in vogue as it is now. They went out and did that you know, they had some fun defenses at times, obviously like the last season or two was kind of rough, but, um, they put some guys in the league, uh, you know, obviously the one went over tech, which is sort of a disappointing note because it seems like it should have been more. Um, but yeah. And, and there was some cool off the field stuff too. I think Thursday's heroes was a really great thing that they did here. And, um, you know, it's certainly a unique staff and, and it was an interesting hire when they made it, but They did, it did feel like they sort of tried to become part of this community and, um, and, you know, definitely won a lot of people over in the process. Uh, I think Bronco did a lot of stuff off the field with football that was important, you know, adding scouting, something that wasn't really being done before, more analysts, more special teams focus. Um, under his direction, you know, they built the grass practice fields, which was something that really needed to be done. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that. There were certainly some disappointing moments. We talked about that a lot last night, um, but there was a lot of good too. And I think that uh, overall, you know, I, we, I said it last night, a lot of people um, when he was hired were like, Hey, if you just consistently get me to bowls, you know, I'll be happy. And and he did that. I mean, he consistently got them to bowls and they were more fun to watch most of the time. And unfortunately um, it wasn't enough to get them into like the ACC championship game this year. Uh, but, you know, overall they were still, uh, a lot of good. And, and I don't think anybody can really say it was a bad hire. Um, maybe he didn't get as much done as a lot of us thought he would, but, uh, he certainly put UVA on better footing than it was when he got there and, and, uh, proved that they can, if nothing else be consistently in the postseason and not necessarily the doormat of the coastal, which is sort of what they were before he got there.
1: Yeah. Damon, how about
3: you? Yeah, I think Ferber covered a lot of it. Uh, I absolutely agree with the, I think I said it last night about raising the floor for the program um, on and off the field. There are great points about a lot of the changes he made with with staffing and the analysts that they've added and and the the staffing that they've upgraded in recruiting and a lot of the other things. Those are absolutely, he basically brought them into the 21st century, so to speak, in uh, in a lot of ways with a lot of those changes off the field from a program perspective. Um, Just, just for me personally, I I just want to mention that I, I liked Bronco a lot. Like I, I thought when he first got here, he was going to be one of those uh, just really all business all the time, tough nose football coaches, you know, and I came to like the guy. I, I, first of all, like you mentioned, he's just a super smart guy and super intelligent you just he the way he looked at things,
0: very introspective.
3: Yeah, very introspective, and more from the perspective of like a manager, uh, like a CEO's perspective, than a, as a football coach. It, it it was a a really unique and and uh, outlook on things, and you learn things from him. But beyond that, he had more of a sense of humor than I thought he was going to. Too, you could joke around with him, and and he would uh, he would sometimes. <laughs> Not always, but sometimes play along. And and uh, you know when you when you're dealing with with a guy, <clears throat> as often as we do in the media, it's nice to know that you can crack the occasional joke and know that he's going to be uh, not just give you the old stink eye. You know what I mean? Uh, he may not have liked that uh, that mix CD that Doug Dowdy made for him that time, but but that's all. But the fact that Doug made one for him at all says says a lot. But no, I just. I think he did a lot of good things. I think the good definitely outweighs the bad and what he accomplished here. It would have been nice to see a little bit more success on the field just because of the work that I know he put in and that staff has put in in their time here. And, And I'm sure they're disappointed that they weren't able to, to beat tech more than once. And they let, a couple of games get away and maybe should have won a more than one coastal division, but they did still win a coastal division. Like Ferber said, if you had told people when, when Bronco was hired, all right, he's going to get you to, what is it? This'll be the fourth bowl game. And he got you a coastal division title. I'm sure people would have been thrilled at the idea of those things. Uh, if they had been thrown out there after the 2015 season. So yeah, this, <clears throat> it's uh it was definitely unique in a lot of ways the coaching staff was unique their approaches were unique the other thing i keep i've been coming back to just uh personally is just that thing i did over the summer when i caught up with all those guys uh and revisited that first summer when bronco was here and just i i don't know that was so much i remember telling you guys at the time how much fun i had catching up with those guys at the time but now it's even more uh just the fact that, I mean, the idea that this would have been Bronco season even then in August was like, that never crossed anybody's mind. This still felt like a program on the rise and, and this, this staff still had a lot of work they wanted to accomplish here. And so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty shocking. It's pretty stunning that this is where we are here a couple of months later, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to see him go on a personal level because I enjoyed
2: covering him and covering his teams. All right, Dave. I'm going to give you the last yeah. word. <laughs> Just one. Um, no, <laughs> that's, uh, look. I mean, you guys touched on it a lot. Like Bronco did. Well, things weren't pretty when Bronco got here. Like, I mean, I know everyone thinks all oh, he came and he went two and ten, but you know he went two and ten because he wasn't going to budge on building the foundation. Mm-hmm. Like after that Richmond loss, he could have scrapped a lot of the stuff he was doing and put together enough pieces to make that a four or five win team, right? just kind of gone against all the stuff he believed in and taught and all that stuff, but he didn't. And that really started to pay off the following year. Yeah. When they went what six and two to start that year um, or six and three, when they beat Georgia tech and lost down the stretch, but you know, made the military bowl. Um, And then, you know, the following year with the Belk bowl and then building up, yeah, that kind of that unbroken growth to 2019 when they, you know, did, did it all and, and won the, won the coastal, um, you know, got beat, beat by Clemson, but showed up and scored early. And then, you know, made the, made the orange bowl against Florida. Very interesting um, where he, and you can't, you know, you can't deny that. Like he, he's made, made the team, made the program better. Like, you know, when the floor is a six and six bowl season, that's a pretty good Florida compared to where we were prior to him getting there. Um, I believe he's this only the second coach to have this many consecutive bowls in a row. If you take the COVID year out. So, that's big stuff at a school like Virginia in a time where it's harder to win than it's ever been. Um, where where the haves and the haves nots, the difference can, you know, it, it continues to get to get bigger. But and I mean, I think one thing we should give we should kind of mention is all the momentum he built, like, you know, 17, 18, 19, really got derailed by COVID. Um if you think about the way this staff does things, you know, they they're developmental largely on on the they're not recruiting five star guys, they're developing guys and working the transfer portal, um, building them up. They lost an entire spring practice for a team that was breaking in a new quarterback, but bringing back some good talent from the coastal team. Um and it showed, right? And not to mention, we're not you I mean, I know Virginia had very strict. COVID protocols in place. So they weren't able to do hardly anything. Um, And that momentum kind of hurt any, any bump he got, you know, COVID coming kind of hurt any bump we would have gotten in donor interest, fan interest from the coast, from the 2019 season. And that's not his fault. Um, Because, you know, a lot of, even this year, 2021, there's still people not coming out because of it. So that is going to be a part of his story. Like what would have been if COVID didn't happen? That's a lot of people's stories, but that's definitely a part of his. Um, so I think as if you're a Virginia fan, you got to be thankful for what he gave you. He certainly left you in a better position than, than you gave him when he walked in the door. Um, and yeah, I was trying to think, you know, something profound to say, like to, to give Virginia fans. So, uh, you know, I would say in my recent fandom, maybe in all of my UVA fandom, the most surprising thing I've ever seen was UMBC, right? Like, I don't think there's any question that's the most shocking thing that's ever happened to me as a UVA fan. Um, like not happened, but that wasn't a huge game. But this is probably number two. Um things got better after UNBC. So like maybe it gets better here, but you gotta thank the man for what he did while he's here, even if you're unhappy with how abruptly he left.
1: What a day. What a day. I feel like <laughs> I, I, I want to say that by the time we come back next week, we'll have a lot more to discuss. Obviously, you know, there's a lot that's going to happen the next few days and, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting week that none of us, uh, really saw coming. Uh, I thought the biggest news is going to be, you know, when they finally accepted a bowl bid. Um, but now it's a, it's a very different bowl and a very different week. And, uh, no doubt there will be plenty to discuss on the other side. Uh, I don't have a bunch of links and stuff for you. Cause we literally just gave it to you. Uh, you can check out the site and, and kind of read through some of the things Bronco had to say. And um, you know, we'll, we'll obviously be having coverage of recruit reactions and stuff as things go forward. Um, but yeah, if you're somebody who's found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you're somebody who's not checked out the website yet, do that post haste, get yourself, take, uh, ch- take advantage of that, um, that, that uh, sign up button and get in there and and, and get uh And and get your money's worth Um, But again, I want to thank everybody out there Who continues to support the show I want to thank Dave Herbert and Damon For giving graciously of their time again this week As always, I very much appreciate it So for David Spence, Justin Herbert, Damon Dillman I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com Thanks for coming out, we'll see you soon